In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The church's liturgy for the Christmas vigil, the Christmas Mass at night, the Christmas Mass at dawn, the Christmas Mass during the day, have different readings and different prayers. And so, preaching at these different times brings out different different perspectives on, on what's going on and, and not only how it happened, but also how it's remembered. This Christmas vigil is, to me, something like those conversations we would have around the time of a birthday when we would ask mom, what were you doing right before you went to the hospital? And who was there? And what were you talking about? And what time was it? And what you, were you eating? And what were you drinking? And do you have any pictures of the, the bell bottoms you were wearing back then in 1971? Or, you know, was dad wearing a crazy shirt with collars, you know, down to his, halfway down his chest? Or, you know, how long were his mutton chops? They were pretty big in 1971. And so what I'd like to do is to lead you in a, in a meditation, asking the Blessed Virgin Mary the same questions. What was, what was happening? What were you thinking? What were you worried about? What were you excited about? Some we know. This was no ordinary birth. This was no ordinary child. There was no father. She had conceived as a virgin An angel had spoken to her and had promised her many great things about her son, but things that were so great that it would cause any mother to worry. There already had been enough anxiety. She had immediately traveled in haste to take care of her cousin Elizabeth. A long trip. She was there for three months until John the Baptist was born and then traveled back another long trip and that much more difficult as she was three months pregnant. And then her betrothed wanted to divorce her, but an angel appeared to him as well, or spoke to him at least. And then... As the time for the birth of the baby was coming, then they had to, they had to move. They, they had to travel down to Bethlehem for a census because the government needed to raise more taxes. And so then they were traveling. And that must have been terribly uncomfortable for, for, for someone nine months pregnant. And then having no place to stay. All of the ordinary things which we already know about the story lead us already to assume that this was not a moment of great peace and tranquility. It's not as though she was just gazing at the stars and everything was just perfect and, and you know, figs were you know, brought to her by nymphs. But that's only the surface. Underneath the surface... In her heart is the, is the prayerful woman who reflected on everything that was said 
A woman who knows sacred scripture so well that when she spontaneously responded to the greeting of her cousin Elizabeth, it was, it was snippets of scripture that were coming out of her heart all too naturally. This was a woman of God. And she knew some of what had been prophesied. With, with the coming of Christ and his death and his resurrection, it's much easier to go back and look into the Old Testament and see over 300 prophecies that obviously are about him. Prior to him, there are still many prophecies, dozens of prophecies that clearly were about the one who was to come, the promised one, the one promised to David, the king who would rule forever. She would have known these scriptures. She would have known the expectations of her people. And she would have had nobody to talk to about this. All of this was inside her motherly heart. She knew that he would be a leader, a prophet, that he would save his people from their sins. He would be a priest and a mediator, chosen. She might even connect this to Moses and already have a notion of how he would have to die in order to save his people from their sins. Maybe. He would work miracles because he would wield the power of God. The genealogy that we read at the beginning is of great significance. It's not merely prelude. He was to come from the tribe of Judah. The expectations of all of these generations weighed on her mind. She did not know how this would unfold, but she was completely committed to what God had begun just as she did not know how God would bring about a pregnancy, but but she was God's handmaid, his servant. There is single-mindedness that doesn't result in happiness, but there is resolve. There is a kind of peace. But we'll see this on display again when her son knows well enough how it will play out the next day after the Last Supper. And he completely belongs to God the Father. And there is resolve and great suffering. That night of our Lord's vigil before his birth was a night of great expectation. And it would be a night that would yield into peace. Angels again would visit. And simple people of God who were already believers would visit. The drama will unfold again and create more turmoil and great danger. But this night will end well.
And so we lift up to God all of our expectations, not just for the material things of a raise and a job and good health and friends, but the expectations of all of those who have gone before us, all of those who have loved us, all of those who have prayed for us, all of those who know that God has a purpose in every time and place. History leads to heaven. We entrust this all to Mary and ask her to be also our mother. to carry our worries and to share our hopes and to lead our hearts to God and to give us resolve so that no matter what is about to happen, we know that we will belong to God and we are confident that this night will end well. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.